Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kate Norris. And I'm Thomas Craft. Whether you're pitching your business, speaking at a work meeting, or on the stage, we're here to help you present with clarity and confidence. It's episode 27 of the Presentation Boss Podcast, which means, Kate, we're over halfway to our first goal of doing a full year of weekly episodes. And 27% of the way to my goal of 100 episodes. <laughs> you know what? We're either going to get 52 or 100 episodes. All right. Let's just see who gets there first and they'll win. That feels unfair. <laughs> I had this idea for an episode, Kate, which is addressing one of the comments, questions that we get all the time, which is around introverts and public speaking. And there is always a lot of discussion around if introverts can be good public speakers and a little bit of the misconceptions around that. So why don't we today have a bit of a discussion around introversion, extroversion, and how that plays out when you're speaking and presenting? Sounds good. I think this is actually quite a good topic for us because we do identify as one introvert and one extrovert. So I think we'll get some decent discussion out of that. Yeah. So why don't we start with, I think there's two things to address here. One is the misconceptions that we hear a lot around introversion, extroversion and speaking. And then we'll talk about the definitions of those two and how it actually plays into your ability when presenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's start by understanding what it means when you identify as an introvert or an extrovert. So the way, the simplest way that I think we, we understand this is introverts derive their energy from being alone and extroverts derive their energy from being around other people and activity and energy in that way. Hmm. Yeah. And introvert, extrovert is a spectrum. It is not you are one or the other. There is not black and white. So we like to think of it, if you have a scale from, say, zero to 100, Mm -hmm. then down at zero, you would put complete introvert. At 100, you would put complete extrovert. Um, At 50, right in the middle is something called an ambivert, 50-50, obviously. And everybody will sort of sit somewhere on that scale. That's how we like to visualize it. Yeah. So you can be more extroverted than another extrovert, or just because you're not as extroverted as someone else doesn't mean you're not an extrovert. Yeah. and, And you may share traits, you know, if you're on the introvert end, you may share traits from the extrovert end and vice versa. That's it. So some of the things that we talk about today about traits if you don't identify necessarily with all of them, then that's perfectly okay. We Mm. don't want to like mess with anyone's (laughs) identity. (laughs) Self-identity, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So personally, I identify as an introvert and on that scale from zero to a hundred, I'm probably a 15, maybe a 20. So quite introverted, but certainly not completely introverted. And and personally for me, understanding sort of where I am on that scale and understanding my own tendencies does help me to leverage what, you know, my personality and the wiring in my brain wants to do. Uh, so but strengths of that. Yeah. And also what I need to do to look after myself. What about you? I, I think I'm almost exact opposite to that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely identify as an extrovert, probably around that 85-ish mark, not absolute extreme, but I'm, I'm quite extroverted. I need people around. I need the energy of other people. I really hate being by myself, basically. <laughs> Yeah, and, and we knew that when we when we started Presentation Boss. We knew that we were basically opposites. And we do need to work with each other. Yeah, and we knew working with each other, we'd have to make some concessions. We'd have to have a lot of understanding around each other so that, so that we're working together in an optimal way. Hmm. There's a lot of 
personality tests out there that you can do to kind of identify where you sit on that scale. I think Maya Briggs is one of my personal favorites and that's what identified me as about an 85. I've done the, mm. the full Maya Briggs personality test, but there's a lot of other personality indicators out there as well that you can do. A lot of them are paid, but you can find a lot of good free resources out there about identifying exactly where you sit on that scale and, and some of the traits that you might identify with and therefore be able to learn to work with and help other people work with you as well. What you said there is an important thing to understand and I think people get caught up in this when they when they ask about being an introvert and a public speaker. It is a single trait of a personality. It's one of many thousands, hundreds of Yeah, yeah. So I think people get a bit caught up in that I am an introvert therefore I can't do these things. And you know, there's a whole lot of other personality traits that help public speaking. There's a whole lot of others that affect literally everything that you do. Hundreds so, and thousands uh, yeah, of different yeah. traits that you can have. And this is just one singular one of that. Yeah. yeah. And this one just speaks to where you get your energy from um, in regards to social situations, whether that is like myself as an introvert, which is being alone, sort of uh, being introspective and taking some time out away from people or like an extrovert, where you're energized by being around people. Yeah. So the flip to that is kind of what exhausts us. So I know if we do, say, a full day training workshop with a group of people mm. uh, and, you know, it's been a day of being social and dealing with people and energy that that exhausts me. And I know that the day after I will have to have alone time. I'll have to have that recharge time of just basically being by myself, doing my own thing, introspecting just to recharge and be sort of... Ready to go again. Yeah, ready to go again. I was going to yeah. say back to normal, but that's, <laughs> that is my normal. Yeah, yeah. Whereas conversely for me, at the end of a you know, big day's training or whatever, yes, I'm physically and mentally exhausted from exertion, but not people exhausted. So my husband is more introverted than you, Thomas. He's yeah. <laughs> very, very introverted. Probably, yeah. It's definitely a case of opposites attract. So a couple of years ago... I had a whole day thing on. I can't remember what it was actually, but it was a whole day, maybe workshop or something where I was a participant and in a room all day with people, lots going on. And I remember coming home from work. Owen was at the computer and I laid down on the floor in the middle of the study and I just went, oh my God, I cannot do people anymore. I am just so dead. I'm done. I'm done. And then I laid there for a few minutes staring at the ceiling while Owen was on his computer doing whatever. And then after about 10 minutes, I was like, all right, better go get ready for my meeting tonight. <laughs> and Owen turned around and he went, what? You're going out. I thought you were sick of people. And I was like, what? Oh, no, I'm fine now. I'm going out. Why wouldn't I go out? <laughs> and it took me that 10 minutes of just quiet, alone, and I was back to my normal. I was like, all right. Ready to start again. Because wow. <laughs> <laughs> my recharge time for people is very, very quick. Yeah. Very quick. I remember having a new baby when my daughter was young and I couldn't be home all the time with her. I couldn't just be alone. I would go to the local Westfield and just walk around. Like I'd chuck her in the pram and just walk around yeah, right. just to have the energy of other people. Like I'd go and read my book in a cafe just to be around other people because that's where I get my energy. Does that seem really weird to you? Well, it probably seems as weird to me as as this will seem weird to you, which is I've been known to go camping by myself in an otherwise empty campground for like, I don't know, a few nights. That's like my definition of hell. Yeah. <laughs> I 
actually, I don't know what's worse, camping or being alone. Oh, oh my God, the combination. <laughs> so that is one of the typical traits of introvert, extrovert, is where you get your energy and what exhausts you. Mm. Another one, I think, the typical trait is whether you speak to think or think to speak. As an extrovert, I have to be very careful of not rambling because I think by speaking and by saying things out loud, I'm a chatty, talkative person. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And just have to be really conscious of that, about just talking and talking and not really going anywhere. And that's how I process information. Yeah. And how many car rides have we had where I've said nothing the whole time? And I've just talked. You've just, you've just mm. been processing, you know, what's what's been going on in, in work and your life and whatnot. And myself, yeah, I will. It, it's in, it's an introspective process. I'm aware of that. How I process information happens inside my head. Like you say, you're happy to just talk all the time, even if it's, a, dare I say, meaningless. Yeah, it is sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> remember last year, one of my friends is probably equally as introverted as me. And we did a road trip for, I think it was five or six nights. And there were whole hours would go by where we'd just be driving along the highway down in wherever, not talking. What do you do? What do you do if you're not talking on a road trip? <laughs> you just sit there and you enjoy each other's company. You know, you look out the window and you see the pretty things and you concentrate on driving and you maybe think about some stuff and you process. And then at some point you ask, should we stop for lunch soon? And, and like, that's enjoyable, right? Like that's... That would stress me. If if I sat there and didn't talk to the other person for like three hours, I think the entire time going through my head would be, why does he hate me? What is what is he thinking? Is he not talking? He doesn't talking. He's not talking because obviously he hates me. Like, what's going on? I would That sounds really stressful to me. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, a couple of weeks ago, again, my husband and I were driving to Toowoomba. It's about a two-hour car ride from Brisbane. His parents live up there, so we were driving up to visit them. We were chatting nicely. We were chatting for, I don't know, like an hour. I thought it was going really well. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Who was chatting? Okay, I was probably chatting. (laughs) And he said, do you want to listen to a podcast? And I was like, yeah, great. What do you want to listen to? Like, I've got all these options. Like, I've got 60 downloaded at the the moment. What do you want to listen to? And he said, no, no. Do you want to put your earphones on and listen to a podcast? <laughs> Which I think was a very not so subtle way of saying enough talking now. It's time for some quiet time. <laughs> I know exactly how he feels. <laughs> I'm going to remember that one in future yeah. when you get chatty with me. <laughs> so I think this is just about an understanding of the different ways that we can interact with even the people that we love. You know, yeah. it doesn't make them right or wrong or. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah. You learn to deal with different types of people. Yeah. And again, it's just one of the personality traits that we're all somewhere on the spectrum of. Hmm. Shall we head into misconceptions? Yeah, let's talk about misconceptions. Mm. I remember, and this is going back quite a while, when I started to understand myself more and that I needed alone time. And, you know, I finally got this word to put to it, which was introvert. And this was probably around um, not long after Susan Cain did that TED talk on the the power of introverts. And I think that really sort of opened this dialogue and opened some understanding that this difference can exist in people between introversion and extroversion. Mm. And there was so much hype at the time that, that I remember around like how to deal with an introvert or what if your partner's an introvert and 
how to best play with introverts. And I was just thinking, like, uh, uh, unless I'm much mistaken, being an introvert is not a, a disability. It's not a disadvantage. I think maybe it used to have some negative connotations yeah. of, like, maybe being antisocial or whatever. But introverts are really having their moment at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly hope it's just an awareness thing and people now understand that people so. are different rather than, you know, <laughs> a moment in the spotlight, I guess. Mm. So... That's something I now understand is that introversion and, and actually extroversion for that matter, wherever you are on this spectrum, is not a disability or a disadvantage. No. It's just not. It's just a difference. Just different. Mm. So a couple of big misconceptions is that extroverted means confident and mm. introverted means shy. Oh, I get that all the time. Mm. Yep. But they're very different traits in themselves. Mm. You can have a shy extrovert, the same as you can have a very confident introvert. I would say that you are a confident introvert. Yeah, and a lot of people that see me speak and don't know me, I guess, will always say, oh, you're so confident. You must be so extroverted to do that. And that's that's a connection that I see people make a lot. Mm. And those people are generally surprised. I say, mm, I'm actually quite introverted. Oh, but can introverts speak? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't mm. know introverts could speak. Yeah, it's a very common misconception mm. with you. I see a lot. And when it comes to public speaking, neither introvert nor extrovert is necessarily better or worse. And indeed, we're going to talk about how it affects your speaking. There's some strengths in each that you can leverage and some tendencies to just be aware of. Hmm. So same with being confident. Extrovert does not necessarily mean loud. You can have people who are quiet and reserved and they could still be a big extrovert. Yeah, there's so many other facets of a personality. The same as I've seen you kind of the life of the party, the mm. loud one in a group. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're extroverted. Yeah. So introversion, extroversion, we see it as living on a spectrum where zero is introvert, 100 is extrovert. Uh, and it's all about where you get your energy from, whether that's from being effectively alone or being in a group of other people. Neither of these are better or worse. They just have their own quirks and their own tendencies. So I'm going to add into that. In the middle of that scale from zero to 100, you know, 50 is about your ambivert. So there's probably a lot of traits from both sides mm. that you might identify with bit of this, bit of that. Yeah. And flip-flop between the two, depending on the situation. That's it. And I actually don't know the real answer to this, but can you change throughout your life between introvert and extrovert, I wonder? I think that one's a little bit above my understanding. I'm not entirely sure. I imagine you could probably change some of those tendencies slowly over time. I think it's more, though, probably a case of I've just learned some of the traits of extrovert and can emulate those when needed. And maybe it's the same on the other end as well. For me, it's more identifying kind of where I am right at the moment and maybe kind of always being aware and always adjusting. and Yeah, just continual self-improvement, really, yeah. on all aspects of personality and traits. Yeah. All right, let's, let's move on. Why don't we talk about the how, the why, and the what of being an introvert or an extrovert and what we understand as being on different ends of that spectrum yeah. around speaking, your tendencies and how you can work with them, depending on where you are on the scale. Yeah. Because I think we both have mm. experience becoming speakers, becoming trainers. Uh, and working with a lot of people on both ends of that scale. And in the middle. Absolutely. All the, all the way along that spectrum. Let's talk about before, during and after a presentation. Mm -hmm. Let's break it down to before, during and after. So when people ask me around, can introverts be a public speaker? My answer is nearly always, I think most speakers are introverted. I think. Like, that is a guess. And the reason is, we've talked on this podcast about 
how the best presentations come from really good preparation. Mm. And preparation is a lot of thinking about your message and putting together a structure and spending time alone rehearsing and practicing. And as we've discussed, what do introverts do naturally? Well, we think and process and... And I think that is what makes introverts such good speakers is we just have an, a natural advantage towards getting a presentation good before we start. We have to think to speak. Yeah, there's a lot of time and thought. I'll agree with that. It seems to be a lot more thought goes in behind the scenes. So on the flip side, if you identify as an extrovert, you kind of have to make that real commitment to preparing properly. Because there can be a tendency to just talk. And you see this with people. They say, I do better when I don't prepare. I just get up there and wing it. Mm. It'll always be your extroverts who think they can just wing it. (laughs) And they're the ones who ramble. And they take 20 minutes to say what could have been said in two or three minutes. Mm. So I know for me, I have to make a really concerted effort to think and prepare before I actually speak. Because otherwise I'll just talk forever. So in Presentation Boss, when we do workshops, I actually teach rehearsal and planning more than you. Mm, Which may seem counterintuitive on the face of it. But I believe it's because I have had to learn to prepare. I've had to Mm. learn to outline and to organize my thoughts beforehand. So that's a skill that's quite conscious for me. It doesn't just come naturally. It's like teach someone to be tall. You can't just do it. Perhaps a poor example, but... But because it's natural to me, me trying to teach preparation without properly pulling apart that process would be you just you spend some time alone and you prepare the thing. Like it's not you just do that. You just do it. Yeah. You just I do it. I didn't have to learn it anywhere near as much as you did. Yeah. Conversely to that is why I teach things like impromptu speaking, dealing with difficult audiences and indexing, because I've had to learn that. I've had to learn how to think quickly and speak without a huge delay. Mm. As a very general rule, extroverts seem to be better at impromptu speaking. I say very general because that is absolutely not my strength. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about during the presentation. The way I always think about this, I'm comfortable doing the preparation. Getting up on stage. Now, obviously, I love speaking. Like, I genuinely love being on stage. But I know that it is going to be an effort that I have to switch it on, as we say, which is kind of just make sure I've got the energy and that I'm there for my audience and turn it all on, right? Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. It feels like to me that comes quite naturally. I've always been quite okay at standing up in front of people. Hmm. I do all this rehearsal and preparation and that's all sort of my time, right? And I just have to turn it on for the brief moment that I'm on stage. So, you know, it might be hours and hours of preparation for 20 minutes on stage, 30 minutes on stage. That's the only time I have to sort of extrovert have to turn that on. So what about in a whole day workshop? You turn it on for a whole day? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is where the recharge comes from, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, let's say, a a 20 on that scale we talked about. There's a gap there where I'm comfortable being around people and, and being extroverted for that time for, you know, the greater good. And I know that the day after I'm going to need to be introspective and alone to to recharge and be ready to go again. Yeah. And I think for me... There needs to be a little bit of a conscious effort to be in control. Mm. Body language comes quite naturally to me. I speak quite a bit with my hands and quite comfortable in that regard. And I need to make a conscious effort of making sure that I'm in control and not erratic. And again, like we said before, not just talking and continuing to talk and Mm. letting myself get away 
Do you remember a few years ago we were working with that guy, Kate, and I think he was even more extroverted than you. Yep, another one. And he had all these questions around why the audience wasn't connecting and and sort of what something just wasn't working. Like technically he was doing a lot of things correctly. And it wasn't until we filmed him on stage presenting in front of an audience and said, here, just watch this. And I think it was even his comment just went, oh, it's control. I'm not controlled on stage. No, he was flapping around everywhere. Yeah, he was loving it. Like <laughs> he was doing his thing, like communicating and getting excited and just, just going for it. But it was becoming too much for the audience. Yeah. I think that's a tendency we've seen when we work with other extroverts is, yeah, they, because they speak to think, just kind of get like into it and excited and just keep talking because it's what they love doing. And you kind of feed off people's energy and yeah. you just, you just go, you just kind of ramble a bit. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a bit of an advantage maybe of, the, of extroverts when they're speaking is feeding off the audience energy. Yeah. But would you not say that you do? Yeah. I was just thinking that because I certainly pick up on the audience as well. I wonder if that's a bit of a learned skill for me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Or, I mean, just keep in mind that we are talking more from experience. We're not psychologists. Hmm. We're not <laughs> experts on this. This is just our own experience of being introvert and extrovert. Perhaps that's a separate thing in itself. So during a presentation, for me, it's all about knowing that I've had good preparation and I just need to turn it on for this, however long, <laughs> however long it is I'm going to be in front of people. And for me, it's about being in control and not just getting up there and going and rambling, but making sure you've got that control. And then there's after speaking, and I kind of touched on what works for me here, and that is introvert time. I need time to process all of the information that I've taken in during that time when I was switched on. Uh, and I need to introspect and think and just have that time alone to recharge and it's almost like a little bit of a mental purge, working through all of that information and that being in a social situation and just sort of getting rid of it so that I can get back to, you know, a, you know what I would consider maybe a normal state or a, um, a relaxed state again and ready, ready to, to go, go again. Yeah. 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 So, and obviously when you've got a planned event and you know it's going to go for half a day, a day, two days, several days, I can be on for that time looking forward to the introvert time at the end. The real struggle for me comes where let's say we've got a one day event and I know I've got to switch it on for that whole day. That's fine. And then right at the end of the day, I'm like, excellent. You know, seven o'clock, I can be at home and shower and do what I've got to do. And then somebody says, hey, do you want to go out to the pub for dinner afterwards? And, you know, some situations you're basically obliged to do that. And that can damn near like kill me. Because I've not been prepared for that. I've not sort of been prepared to be switched on for that time. So I think something to be aware of if you are an introvert as well is if you've got maybe something that goes over a couple of days is making sure you give yourself that space mm. when you do have that time to recharge. Yeah. And we do hear that about other speakers who, when they're giving a workshop and let's say they present for half a day and then there's an hour long lunch break. You won't see them for that hour because they go off and do their own thing to recharge that little bit for the rest of the day. Mm. So taking that time when you can get it if it's over an extended period. Yeah. So I know for me, I don't necessarily need that time after a whole day. Someone says, go to the pub. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'll lead <laughs> I, the way. I do enjoy going to the pub for the record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just to clarify, we're talking about like going out for dinner and socializing, not like going to get drunk. Yeah, you go to the pub afterwards just to like yeah. debrief and to continue being social and the discussion and all of that, those lovely things that happen after an event. Yeah. So for me, I'm just like, yeah, that sounds like the best. And I know that I need to be conscious 
of giving other people that time because I'm mm. kind of the first one to suggest, like, let's go out, let's go do something and continue on the fun and being <laughs> conscious that not everybody can do that. So as an extrovert, just being a little bit sensitive to those who might not and not being offended if someone says no. I still struggle with that. Can we also not make me sound boring here? Like, I generally enjoy the social situations. I'll nearly always go and... It's just when it's unexpected. Yeah, and That's being a, and being a, just aware of what you need is more kind of what I'm yeah. and what other people need is what I'm kind of getting at. Mm. And actually, what you just said about lunch, like if they disappear or after an event, mm. if if someone disappears, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're upset or anything. Which is what I used to think. Like if mm. someone disappeared, then I'd be quite worried. Like absolutely check on them. But don't be surprised or upset if they just say, I just need a little bit of time because that's what some people do need. And likewise, if you're an introvert and someone just keeps talking to you at the end of the day, we're not trying to be annoying. That's <laughs> that's how I debrief and process my thoughts at the end of the day. Again, being with my husband, <laughs> we used to work together in the same building and we'd drive home together. And the whole way home, I would just talk and talk and talk and talk and he wouldn't say a word and that was just my way of processing the day mm. and then we'd get home and he would say to me I just need half an hour by myself and then I wasn't allowed to talk to him at all so it's just yeah. being being mindful of each other he understood that I needed that time to just get everything offload off, offload process and then I needed to understand that when we got home I needed to afford him the same respect of giving him that space to process his way It's about understanding your own tendencies and those around you. You know, you have to work with people. We all are a little bit different. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like introverts are going to be boring. It doesn't necessarily mean that extroverts are always going to be loud. We've talked about how those two can be different even in this podcast. So there is a lot of misconceptions there. But really, neither is better or worse. And we may or may not be able to change whether we are an introvert or an extrovert. So it's about just knowing what your personality is like, how your brain is wired, and working best with that. And when it comes to speaking, whichever end of that spectrum you're on, it is safe to say that being a good speaker in public and in front of people where we fear judgment is just not a talent that most of us are born with. Quite literally, 99.9% of people are not born with the talent of being a good speaker. It is a skill that can be learned. It is a skill that can be learned if you're an extrovert (laughs) and learning how to prepare and how to be in control. And it's a skill if you're an introvert, learning how to switch on all of that energy and that communication when you're on stage. And we've both trained... People all along that spectrum from, you know, zero to 100, everywhere in between. We do training because everybody needs to know how to speak better. Nobody is sort of naturally good at it in our experience. And and either way, there are going to be sort of some pain points. But when you do some training in public speaking, you'll learn that it's a temporary pain. You know, sometimes having these realizations about yourself and that you need to do things that aren't natural to you in a safe environment, that temporary pain is going to help you with a lifetime of discomfort and understanding the gaps in your natural tendencies and your personality to be masterful of the skills across the board when it comes to standing in front of people and giving a presentation and being in social situations like that. So to wrap this discussion up, you know, we started with this question and these comments we always get, and can an introvert be a good public speaker? Yes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. An introvert can be a public speaker, just the same as an ambivert can, just the same as an extrovert can. And conversely, are extroverts better public speakers? Not necessarily. 
There might be some advantages that you get from having some extroverted traits, but they don't necessarily translate immediately into being better at speaking. Yeah, so no matter where you are on that spectrum, there are probably some advantages you have and some tendencies that you need to consider, and there is training available for them. So if you want some tips and tricks, if you would like to start plugging some of those gaps in your skills and knowledge or would like to know more, obviously keep listening to the podcast or reach out to us. Links to both our emails and LinkedIn are in the show notes. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know more, check out presentationboss.com.au slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes for today with links to everything we've discussed. If you have any questions about presentations that you'd like us to discuss, get in touch by emailing us at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your thoughts or take suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information of this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Have a great week. Oh, I'm proud of you there, Kate. We mentioned Myers-Briggs without you telling the world that you're an E... Uh, what is it? ENTJ. <laughs> I so wanted to. I was so close to and I knew you'd tease me if I did. <laughs> because how do you know if somebody's an ENTJ? Oh, we will tell you. Excuse <laughs> 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 you, little boy.